G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Yes, another Friday morning rolls around the punters, mate, on SEN, and he is back from holidays. Chris Nelson, welcome back. Mark, it's great to be back. I uh, had a nice couple of weeks off and we're all raring to go. See if we can find some winners and have a great show. Unfortunately, what are we up to now? Week five, when neither of us have been in the same room together <laughs> because you couldn't get down because of the floods about five weeks ago. Then I had a week off. You've had two weeks off. And today I'm back in semi-isolation yep. uh, at home, staying away from you all just in case. I had to pick up my young grandson from school yesterday. He felt a little bit, uh, you know, headache and sore throat and had to bring him home because we were looking after the grandkids for a couple of days. That was until yesterday afternoon when he tested positive. So my wife has taken them back to their house while my daughter and son-in-law are away. And I'm at home just being safe rather than sorry because I think the rules are four hours or something, but I only picked him up from school. But I did want to be in there with everyone just in case. So people I'm in doing the office. Your favor. When I came in this morning, people in the office are starting to ask questions. You know, are you and Mark not getting along? Is there an issue there between it? <laughs> and I put, you know, I put the minds to rest to say, no, Mark still likes me. It's okay. Hmm. Now racing this week, we've got Toowoomba today, Townsville this afternoon, Marburg uh, for the uh, harness racing, and Ipswich the Greyhounds. It's always Ipswich. Uh, tomorrow, Doombin, Aquas Park, Gold Coast, Cairns, Monto, Alpha, Warwick and Roma. Harness racing at Redcliffe and the Greyhounds at uh, Ippy as well. And then on Sunday, Sunshine Coast for the Thoroughbreds. Toowoomba has harness. Ipswich has Greyhounds because there is no Capella Bar at the moment no. and there's no Albion Park. The uh, flood's still having a little bit of a, a say on racing in southeast Queensland, Chris. Well, yeah, and you mentioned their uh, harness at Toowoomba. So they will be going around, I would imagine, I don't know, I'd have to have a look in on the grass track probably at Toowoomba for the harness. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, there might be an inner track they're using there, but uh, they're also trotting at Marburg as well. They have been recently. So, yeah, these, uh, these venues have come to the fore to help out Albion Park. Yeah, spoke to Luke Gatehouse during the week on Breakfast with Patton Heels, the, the boss of the Brisbane Greyhound Racing Club, and he said that they're still waiting on these parts from, I think, Germany or something it might be. I'll stand corrected on that. Uh, electrical parts, because all the electrics at Albion Park went underwater. Mm. The harness the harness guys have been back doing trials, and uh, do they call them jump outs in harness? I'm not sure. I assume no, they are. just trials. Um, yeah, but they haven't been able to uh, time anything because of the electrics. And the track for the harness racing is a bit higher than the Greyhound track. So there's a bit of an elevation difference between the two. And so they're not ready to race harness racing at Albion Park, but they can get back there and, and train and trial. Well, hopefully sooner uh, rather than later because there'll be a lot of people missing their Albion Park fix, that's for sure, especially Luke Absolutely. Gatehouse. Yes, uh, he's... Um, CEO cut of a cut of state oh, no. uh, on a Thursday night. He hasn't been able to get, and the Brecky Creek's back open. Um, that's got a grand opening, so they can't be too far away. But they're waiting on these parts. Anyway, your highlights. My highlights for the week were the Gold Coast last Saturday with the Jewel. Now the Jewel races were won by Spirit of Boom uh, stocks. Of course, we saw she's got the boom. Win the two year old, and we saw. 
Prince of Boom win the three-year-old. And they were both very impressive. So thumbs up to Spirit of Boom. Another great performance uh, from the breeding barn there. So it's uh, my number one highlight of the week. Number two highlight. Were you going to say something there? I heard something there. No? Nothing? Okay. My number two highlight was uh, the Golden Slipper. Well, we saw Cool and Gatter. And best of Bordeaux run around there. And they both have Queensland connections, of course, with Cool and Gatter winning the Magic Millions. And best of Bordeaux being trained officially by uh, Casey Fogden at uh, the Gold Coast. Although she hasn't got enough boxes at the Gold Coast to fit them all in. So it's been doing its training in Sydney. Best of Bordeaux ran a great second. And Cool and Gatter ran an outstanding third uh, behind Fireburn, who was a great winner of the Golden Slipper. So that, that was my second highlight. And, look, I'm going away from the Queensland scene for my third highlight, but some of those impressive winners last week at Rose Hill. Animo winning the Rose Hill Guineas by seven lengths. Fireburn's effort in the Golden Slipper, outstanding after almost being decked at about the 800-metre mark. Shelby, 66, going from a, a highway win, four starts back to winning the Group 1 Galaxy, and is possibly a horse we'll see in the Stradbroke in the winter, which is a great, uh, a great crowd puller. Uh, Shelby, 66, is a very popular horse. And how good's the Queen Elizabeth Stakes going to be in a month's time? Animo, uh, very elegant, goes around. Uh, Zaki's probably liable to go around here. It'll be the race of the year for sure. So they're my highlights, yeah. plenty of them. We'll talk about the news uh, uh, throughout the program as well. But part of that news is the arrival in town, Chris Nelson, of a new trainer. Yeah, Jack Bruce, who was the assistant trainer to uh, uh, Kieran Ma and David Eustace. He was uh, heading up their Sydney uh, stables. Well, Jack has announced that he's going to train in, in Brisbane from the 1st of May, and we are going to have a chat, find out all about uh, the reasons for that, uh, what sort of clientele, horses he'll have uh, ready to go uh, with Jack when we come back from after the break, Mark. Uh, no, he's not ready. I thought you gave me the thumbs up. That I did. He was ready yeah, to yeah, go. he's ready. Oh, no, I've, I've thrown yeah. to a break, and I'm thinking we're going to have a break, and we're not having a break. So we're going straight to Jack. So there you go. No, there's a reason I do a rundown, Chris. You need to I'll come back, back into the, the studio. studio. <laughs> Jack Bruce, sorry about that, mate. Thank you very much for your time. He's an amateur, Chris Nelson. Good morning. Welcome to South East Queensland. Good morning. Thank you very much. Good morning, gentlemen. I thought I was going to have to sit through some ads, but fortunately, I'm. Well, I'm so right. did I. Yeah, I was, well, if, if I had my way, you would have. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to be on. Jack, uh, big move for yourself. Uh, has this been something that's uh, been uh, in your mind for some time? I'm gathering it would be. Yeah, look, it, it certainly has. And um, I suppose, you know, when, when you're a little bit younger, you always want to train horses, but, you know, you're possibly not equipped um, with the right sort of skills and experience to take that leap of faith and go training on your own account. But I've had a good run in Sydney for the last seven years. I was sort of overseas before that. So um, I'm really looking forward to going out on my own and sort of applying my trade in, in my own name in, in Queensland. Jack, was there a moment in time when the thought became reality that that light switch and said, right, I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm doing this. Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, it was a little bit earlier this year, but I suppose it's been a little bit of a build-up over time, you know, and I've always wanted to do it. But, um, you know, coming into the start of this year, I thought, you know, there's an opportunity in Queensland really to set up training, and I thought I would take it once the opportunity came about. Now, you've got some pretty good experience, Jack. You know, you've done time with uh, Bjorn Baker. You've done time with Chris Waller. Obviously, you've been with uh, with Kieran and David, but uh, you've got some other experience there as well with some other high-class trainers? 
Yeah, look, so I um, well, I grew up in New Zealand. I, I saw my background was in stud farming, really, for my teenage years. And I went to university and um, went overseas. I did the Godolphin Flying Start, which is an amazing program. Um, basically, a two-year international program that Godolphin run for sort of young people in the thoroughbred industry. So I was able to go all around the world with that. And I ended up working for Mike DeCock in Dubai for a racing season, which is absolutely fascinating. He's essentially... I suppose, for those who don't know, the King of South Africa um, and his son is training in Melbourne with Robbie Griffith. So that experience was invaluable. Obviously, he does things a little bit differently. And um, from there, I came back to Sydney to work for Bjorn. Now, you're kicking off on the 1st of May. You've decided on uh, Deegan as your training base. Uh, what was the reason for, for choosing Deegan? Well, I had a conversation with the Brisbane Racing Club who were extremely accommodating and um, sort of said that, you know, we would love to fit you in in our system in Brisbane and that was certainly what I was hoping they would say because I think Brisbane is sort of the heart of metropolitan racing in uh, Queensland and I was really keen to be right in the heart of it and, and set up my training camp there. So I went and checked out the facilities and I've been granted and it's from there but as I sort of say, it's, I suppose when you have that opportunity to get some stables and to start, you have to take it with both hands. Yeah, which means we'll probably see a lot of your runners head up the uh, highway to the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I'll have, um, I suppose I'll have runners, you know, placed where they can win. That's my priority, and I just want to get a return for all those people who support me. Now, as far as hitting the ground running, how many uh, horses do you think you'll have in work as of May the 1st? Oh, look, I'm hoping to sort of have about 15, but it will all depend on, you know, how many I can get. And, you know, a lot of the horses I've been promised, they might be uh, having racing preparations with other trainers, or they might be spelling and not quite ready. But it'll be a, a smallish number initially, um, then obviously hoping that that will grow. And I've already <laughs> got about 10 yearlings on the books, uh, which I've acquired in the last sort of seven days. So, um, yeah, look, there's going to be plenty of horses in the system, and uh, I'm really looking forward to growing the business. What's the hardest thing about establishing a business like this on your own, Jack? Oh, look, I mean, I suppose there's a lot of administration that goes on behind the scenes and getting things set up. But, I mean, those things are sort of time-consuming. They're not really hard or challenging and difficult. I mean, the main thing is just, the, I suppose, the hardest thing is be finding some accommodation in Brisbane, which the, the, yeah, it's the not market easy, is, it? is fairly saturated. It's not easy. Like, so I've sort of had that experience over the last few days. But, oh, look, it's all, I mean, it's... Some of it is challenging and time-consuming, but it's not because you enjoy it and it's what you want to do. And I mean, I can't wait to sink my teeth into it and get started. Mark's got a big house with not too many people in it, Jack. He might be able to help you out there. <laughs> yeah, well, if you're looking to rent it out to a horse trader who's just starting, feel free, although I don't think I've got the finances maybe to afford your place. That's okay. He's got oh, to spot you for a while. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about that, A, but B, if you're, if you're at Deegan, there's no way you'd want to be on the south side of Brisbane, having to, although the time you'd be going to do track work, etc. cetera, uh, it's like breakfast radio, mate. It's uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning for me, driving into SEN in Fortitude Valley. There's limited traffic around, so it's yeah. not that much of an issue. But yeah, Deegan's on no, the north side no and I'm on the south side. Correct. There's no hey? traffic when we're commuting, and it's not going to matter for me anyway. I'm going to be in bed, or I'm going to be at work, so it'll be irrelevant. Yeah, you just uh, you'll just need to watch that Bruce Highway on those uh, Friday nights when you head to the Sunshine Coast, or coming back on the Sunday afternoon. Get someone else to do that if you possibly can. <laughs> I must say, I have experienced that going up there when I was sort of doing my recon missions uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, there's um, plenty of roadworks going on there, and plenty of traffic. 
Jack, a question for someone that's down south. The perception of Queensland racing over the last couple of years um, has, and maybe by your moving to um, to southeast Queensland, uh, you know, that in itself answers this question. Has the perception of the strength of Queensland racing in the eyes of participants down south increased in, in recent years? A hundred percent, I think it has. And like Queensland racing have got serious about prize money increases and the the Brisbane Racing Club have put more money into their carnivals. And I think we're just seeing that with, with the quality of horses that are coming out of Queensland. I mean, Tyzone won the Stradbroke a couple of years ago. You've got Casey Fogden with Best of Bordeaux running second in a golden slipper. Rob Heathcote with Rothfire, who had an Everest slot, obviously went and missed and couldn't run in it. But, you know, Queensland, we're going to have representation in essentially the richest turf race on the planet. So the, the competition in this state is increasing. Um, the prize money is increasing and the quality is increasing. And I think with COVID, we've seen um, a lot of people move up to Queensland um, for A, the lifestyle choices, and that's only going to strengthen people's um, appetite to race horses in the Sunshine State. How long until Kieran Ma moves up here permanently, Jack? I mean, if there's a guy that looks as though he should be living on the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast, it has to be Kieran. Well, it's very interesting because um, one of the things I was doing in my capacity working for Karen was trying to find a, a satellite stable or, or set up shop up here. And we had a few options and different things that, you know, may may not have, the timing may not have been quite right or it didn't quite suit us. But look, I, I think in, eventually he will come up here. It might be sooner rather than later. And he'll set up a base. He's obviously had a, a lot of success at the Magic yeah. Millions. I mean, when I was working for him, we had... Cool and Gatto in the two-year-old and um, Snap Dancer win the Mayor's Race. And he's obviously had a way game win the two-year-old as well. He's had plenty of success. Um, he's won other feature races on that day. And he loves his time up in the Sunshine State. So I would imagine it would be sooner rather than later you will see um, guys like Karen and Dave try to capitalise on it. Yeah, the lifestyle certainly very good, as, you, as you'll find out. Just, just finally, before we let you go... Uh, look, working for Kieran and David, looking from the outside in, it, it appears a very well-oiled machine. Everything seems to run to schedule. You've got the right people in, or they had the right people in the right places. They've lost one now with you, of course. But is is that what it's like working there? Everything's just so perfectly structured. Oh, absolutely! It's a great it's a great operation. And Kieran and David, the two of them are outstanding horse people, and they Kieran has been sort of smart enough to delegate or he's been relaxed enough to delegate a lot of those other tasks that are outside the sort of the realm of horse training to other people and he's got a great team that surrounds him and that essentially frees up his time to simply train the horses and when I was running the Sydney stable you could sort of ring him any time of day and go through anything and he he would love to talk about his horses fly up and see his horses I mean I remember talking to him one night at Canterbury Park it could have been eight o'clock in the evening and I was asking about a horse that we had been struggling with. And he said, oh, that's all right. I'll just get on a plane and come up. And he was sort of a track worker for him the next morning. And we were going through solving the problems. So this is the sort of person he is. And that sort of flows right down through, um, I suppose, the rest of the operation. You know, everyone helps each other out. He surrounded himself with a great team. And, um, yeah, those structures are still absolutely in place. You just see it in the results they get. Yep. Well, Jack, thanks very much for your time uh, this morning. It's much appreciated. Welcome to South East Queensland. We wish you the best of luck and no doubt we'll be talking uh, regularly throughout uh, the time you are here uh, on this program and also on SEN. Uh, thanks for your time, mate. Good luck. 
No, no worries, guys. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks, Jack. There he is, Jack Bruce, uh, who is going to be establishing himself here from May 1, Chris. So uh, the hardest thing, I think, as he just said and you allude to as well, is finding somewhere to live. Yes, not easy at the moment. Uh, rentals, houses, whatever you're looking for, it's uh, it's not an easy task at the moment. But, uh, look, he'll hit the ground running and, and, and he'll be very successful, Jack. I mean, we saw Annabelle Neesham come out of that stable. Look what she's done. Yeah, absolutely. We better take a break here on the punters, mate. Now we can take a break, Chris, on the thanks. punters, mate. Uh, it's all thanks to Racing Queensland. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. We'll take a break. Other side of the break, we'll uh, have a look at some more news and we might even see whether Chris has decided to give us a follow, fold or forgive for the weekend. This is the punters, mate. This is the punters, mate, on SEN. Another Friday morning rolls around. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Toowoomba and Townsville for the Thoroughbreds today. Marburg for the Trots and Ippy for the Greyhounds. SEN's Greyhound. Well, when I say SEN, there's a group of people that own a Greyhound called Strictly Palava. Do you know about this, Chris? No, I haven't been invited into the ownership of this, Mark. Well, there's a reason for that, but yep. we'll get back Thank to you. that. But... Um, yeah, Jimmy Byron is in it, uh, Phil Reid, who I've known for many, many years, and Luke Gatehouse. Oh, Luke. It's three three from three, and there's others, right? Three from three it is. It won at a, paid $1.20 or something on Tuesday. But it's some big final next week at Ipswich that it's in. Okay. So strictly palaver. Keep an ear out on that. Now, you had your highlight of the week. My highlight of the week was to do with our – the other show I do is Semi Highland called The Darling Download. Mm-hmm. We're starting to build a reputation whereby the jockeys we get on seem to ride a winner that night at Toowoomba. And last week it continued. Siren Fork, who's moved over here from South Australia to southeast Queensland, we had him on the program and he um, was not overly complimentary, I believe, to Sammy in teeing up the interview about his rides on Saturday night at Toowoomba. <laughs> he didn't think he'd be able to continue uh, the tradition. Well, boom. Siren Fork, come on down, give us a wave. Um, Fifteen dollars, thank you very much. One of the one of his three rides saluted. So the Darling Downlow, good omen continued with Siren Fork winning at Toowoomba, and his winner, I think it was Mikado, paying fifteen dollars. We need to Siren get, Fork, give us a wave. We need to get Siren on our show. By the sound of it. Well, he may not want to. He might only want to come on with Sammy and I. Well, that's fair on the enough. Darling Downlow. Now, just speaking of Toowoomba. Uh, there is a yeah. big meeting there tonight, of course. Uh, we've yep. got the Daryl Gollan Memorial, which is race number four for the two-year-olds, uh, a big night uh, honouring Daryl Gollan, of course, who is the father of uh, of Tony Gollan. So get behind mm. that meeting, a really big meeting at Toowoomba tonight. Follow, fold or forgive. Well, I've only Fly got two. Flybridge. only got two. Flybridge. Yeah. Flybridge. Yeah. Anyone else is working their backsides <laughs> off and you've got two. He's an absolute Follow, A1 class chaff bandit, this bloke, Flybridge. Uh, he went around at a dollar forty at Eagle Farm on Wednesday in a field of five, and he ran third. Uh, and that's what he'll do to you time and time again. And next, the start prior, he ran a ripping race, ran on well in Saturday Company at sixty-one dollars to run second. But uh, when he gets his chance to win one, he generally just completely doesn't turn up. So he is in the bin, never to be recycled. See, that, that's part of the issue. You say when he gets one where he's – he doesn't know that he's in a race that he's he supposed does. to win. He's scared of the camera. He's scared of the winning post. He's just scared of winning that horse. As I said, 
Okay. I hope the owners aren't listening, but he is the biggest Enigma chaff bandit you've got going around. So he gets sacked. Toe the line uh, is a two-year-old that debuted last Saturday in the Jewel, uh, the two-year-old Jewel race. Ran fifth behind She's Got the Boom. I thought the effort was really good being first start. Trialled really well at the Sunshine Coast leading in. Trained by Stuart Kendrick. I think there's a bit of a future round for Toe the Line. So he is a definite follow. So fold for Flybridge and yep. a follow for Toe the Line. Double I fold. should also say, um, and we'll get your weekend forecast a little bit later for the meeting uh, tomorrow at Doombin, yep. that uh, Steph's best for this week is Sawiti. Um Tomorrow. Well, you'll be pleased to know, and so will Steph, Mark, that I've got Sawiti on top to win that first race. But there is an interesting mm, runner there, Steady sure Ready. Steady Ready for Tony and Maddie Sears, won a trial by 13 lengths at, uh, at mm. Toowoomba. But it was only 650 metres. I mean, it's not very far. So I'm yeah, but cold water that makes it even more impressive to be able to win by 13 lengths. It's like Usain Bolt winning a 50-metre race by 20 metres. Well, you have to remember how good are the opposition. I mean, if Usain Bolt was racing well, against you, me and Sammy, he'd probably lap us within about 50 metres. I'd, trip, I'd try and trip him and give myself <laughs> half a chance. But, yeah, now we've got um, Maddie Sears on uh, the Darling Download tomorrow, so we'll get some insight into uh, a couple of her horses. Uh, she's got runners, um, they've got runners the Sears at Doombin, and at the Gold Coast tomorrow as well. So we'll, we'll catch up with that uh, tomorrow. I shall look forward to that. That is the music for us to get to the news. Other side of the news, Scott Cross will be joining us with a betting update. We'll get more news uh, from the week that was. And I think that's Magic's making yep, a reappearance, yep, I've isn't got it? it? Well, I've got it. That's Has Magic. Has given you the thumbs up? Yeah, he's got it. We've got it ready to go in the second half of the show. News is next. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Back after the news. This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Friday morning, it's all thanks to Racing Queensland. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Chris, I just heard in the news there, they're talking, and it's been spoken about all week, uh, Lance Franklin, Buddy Franklin, you know, getting ready to kick his 1,000th goal. Yep. Tomorrow night, isn't it, for the Sydney Swans against... Tonight. Um, tonight. Tonight, is it? And I tonight. It's Swans against... Yeah, it was bucketing down last night for the footy. Mm. So tonight, and they're playing Collingwood, is that mm. correct? That's right. Now, I I was... Uh, I called, would you believe? You know, I don't... I did a year or two of calling AFL. I called uh, Tony Lockett's 1,000th oh, yeah. yep. goal. And that was at the SCG. I remember it very clearly. He was almost in the, what do you guys call it, the forward pocket or back, he was in wherever yeah. they were playing his back pocket. So the forward pocket in, in front of the member stand, I think it was, pretty much, and uh, kicked his 1,000th goal. Uh, I'm not sure there's been a player since, has there? It's very rare nowadays. And Luke Hodge was saying during the week, he will, it will never happen again. No, it won't. Not, in the, not the way they play football these days, AFL anyway. It's too... Um, uh, it's more of a scrum type setup now that they don't have those positions now where you full forward, uh, forward pocket and that sort of thing. It, it's just you can this, the uh, the midfielders kick goals now, the half forward flankers kick goals. It's a different way of playing football. So no, I agree with Luke, hundred percent. 
Time now to have a look at the latest betting markets. Thanks to our good friends at CrossBet. Scott Cross joining us this morning. G'day, mate. How are you? You there, Scott? Hello. Oh, g'day, mate. How are you? I couldn't quite hear you. <laughs> no, now, I'm at home and too, Chris I'm, is in the studio. I'm, I'm great, mate. I just couldn't of... hear you there for a second. Yeah, all right. And how was the traffic this morning? Not good. Horrible. But that's okay. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it at that then. Now, how excited are you? Tomorrow night, this is the game of the year, isn't it? The Reds and the Waratahs in Super Rugby. Now, look, some people would say that I'm a little one-eyed when it uh, when it comes to the Reds, but uh, it is Heritage Round. I've managed to go bust out my Super 10s jersey, and I'll be wearing wow. it there tomorrow night. Look, Reds are a twenty favourite at home. Yes, it is, mate. 1990, yeah. I was 10, 10 years old. I still remember going. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Tars are at $4.50. The line's nine and a half. Look, I just think the Reds are going to be too good. Tate McDermott comes back uh, into the team. Taniella Tupo uh, escapes suspension. Full-strength squad at home. Uh, I think the Reds are a certainty. So the Waratahs have improved since last year, but not enough to beat the Reds, who uh, lost their first game of the year last year, uh, last week. Yeah, I think, you know, once again, I, I just think that uh, the, the, the two form teams in the, the Australian division are the Brumbies and the Reds, and they just seem to be that little bit better than the rest of the team. But uh, times will tell. I might have to eat my words next week. <laughs> now, the Queensland derby between the Cowboys and the Broncos, Saturday, Sunday afternoon at uh, Suncorp Stadium. You'll hear that match here on SEN with myself, Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler. Here's the little stat for you. Um, it's the first time that the Broncos and the Cowboys have met in daylight on a Sunday afternoon since 2006. So that's a, a fair Wow, that away. just Should goes a... to show... Uh... I guess it has to show how often the Broncos get the uh, Friday night football, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So it should be a massive crowd on Sunday. I would imagine, despite uh, the Cowboys' big win over Canberra last week, they haven't been as impressive as Brisbane. Brisbane at home would be favourite, wouldn't they? Yeah, look, Brisbane's at $1.53 and the Cowboys are $2.50. These are always really tight affairs between the Broncos uh, and the Cowboys. Look, I think the line at six and a half is quite favourable. I'm going to tip the Cowboys uh, plus six and a half in you know, what traditionally is always a very tight game between the two of them. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, it is pretty tight normally. Um, some of the greatest games uh, in the NR- NRL era have been between the Brisbane Broncos and the North Queensland Cowboys. And, and with the restrictions being eased around the southeast, I can imagine that Caxton Street will be absolutely pumping on Sunday afternoon. It'll almost be like a state of origin atmosphere for that game between the Broncos and the Cowboys. And don't forget, because of daylight saving in Queensland, the matches are 3.05 kickoff. It's 4.05 down south, but 3.05 for Queensland, uh, the Broncos and the Cowboys. Speaking about down south, the Lions have got their first road trip of the year up against the Bombers, who arguably, and Chris, you may be able to jump in here, arguably the Bombers, the most disappointing team of round one. Well, Mick Malthouse uh, said the Bombers were his tip for the premiership, and they didn't show anything in round one to to say that there are any chance of even making the eight. So I think this is a pretty easy, uh, easy win for the Lions. What sort of price have we got there for the Lions, Scott? Yeah, mate. Uh, I think the Lions get a very easy uh, game away. They're at a dollar forty-two. Yeah. I think there's plenty of value there, but a dollar forty-two. That's a lot for me for the weekend. And Essendon at two dollars eighty-five. The Lions sixteen and a half. I just don't think uh, Essendon have a chance. The Bron- uh, sorry, the Lions are in form at a dollar forty-two. I'll take that all day. Couldn't agree more. The- 
Yeah, big night of racing tonight. Um, we wish Jonka good luck tonight. But um, also racing tomorrow, uh, we've got the Tancred Stakes and the Vinery Stud Stakes amongst a couple of good races tomorrow. Yeah, we certainly do. Um, the Tancred Stakes, it's almost a rematch. Uh, we see Think It Over, Spanish Mission and Jewess uh, go at it again. Uh, between the three of them, they're over 80% of the hold. I can't split them, but at $2.90, Jewess is the favourite. I think there's just a smidge more value uh, in Spanish Mission again at four twenty, and Think It Over at four sixty. But for me, it's hard to split them, and uh, I'll be putting an exotic there. And I've tipped it before, and I think at odds it's still good. Uh, she's ideal at eleven. Put it in your multis. Well, we're likely okay, to get a wet track. Start. We're likely to get a wet track hey. too for that. So that might count out. Yeah. Think it over if it's really heavy. Keep that in mind. Yeah, uh, and it, it, well, it's a, it, yeah, it's a heavy eight at the moment. The Vinery Stud Stakes uh, hinged is the market mover and the favourite. Uh, at four dollars, uh, money's sort of spread around for this race. We've seen some for Pretty Amazing, uh, and a lot of money coming for Gypsy Goddess, which is no surprise with William Pike on the back. Once again, uh, I'm going to go a bit wider here. I do always like the Huey Bowman Chris Waller combo and Fangirl uh, at six bucks. The question, of course, will be on the form there whether that whether it can handle a heavy track. It's already the heavy eight, and as you said, we saw the rain last night in the footy. It uh, may only get worse. I don't think it's stopped raining since January in Sydney. It's been extraordinary <laughs> the amount of rain they've had. It's been unbelievable, uh, really. I mean, every time you turn the TV on, I was down there for a week and it didn't stop raining the whole week. Anyway, mate, uh, you behave at the rugby tomorrow night and uh, enjoy the Reds and the Waratahs, and we'll chat next week. Have a great weekend. Take care. Thanks, you too, Scott. mate. Scott Cross there from CrossBet. Of course, CrossBet a proud sponsor of the Reds, and they take on the Waratahs tomorrow night. The William Reed tonight too, Chris. Jonka, um, yeah. at the moment, to looking at CrossBet, paying around the $20 mark. Um, Craig knew it for Tony Gollum. Problem is, Mark, Jonka's drawn the car park. going to be very, very hard for him out in mm. the uh, widest gate of the entire field to, to get across anywhere near the lead. So that has uh, pushed his price out and probably hindered his winning chances. Gypsy Goddess is the interesting yeah. one tomorrow, though, at... Uh, at Rose Hill uh, in the Vinery Stud, the group won the David Van Dyke trained uh, filly. Uh, she'll go around uh, looking for six wins from six starts. Can she measure up? Let's hope so. Yeah, it's a terrific, uh, terrific performance to win that many in a row. You, you sort of make sure when you hear about horses, when, oh, they've won three in a row. Shelby's 66. What? Shelby's oh. won three or four in a row? Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's not an easy yeah, task. And then, go on, sorry. Yeah, and then I was going to say, and then you think back – to what Winks achieved, it makes it even more unbelievable. Yeah, Winks, Winks and Black Caviar are uh, amazing, uh, amazing yardsticks for horses in the last uh, in the last few years. But Gypsy Goddess, hopefully she can get the job done. As I said, she's she's heavily up in grade against some very smart fillies, but she can only win, and that's what she's been doing. We will take a break here on the Punters, mate. We've still got some more news to discuss, some interesting news through the week in Queensland racing as well, as well as the weekend forecast from Chris for, for Doomer tomorrow. He's got a couple for the Gold Coast, I think, and he might have a couple for the big races down south as well. This is the Punters, mate. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. A break and back with more. This is The Punter's Mate on SEN. 
Friday morning, and it's all thanks to Racing Queensland. Queensland is racing. Nashing continues this week across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Um, just a little bit of news before we get your forecast, uh, Chris, if we can. I, I saw, and I've left it with you at work. I'm not in there. I saw an interesting story during the week about a dead heat decision. Yep which had been changed. I always thought the judge's decision was final. Well, not always the case. Uh, this was at Rockhampton back on February the 11th, and I can tell you I did happen to be what you'll be pleased to know I was working and did happen to be watching that race at the time, Mark, and I did think that Frankie Blue Eyes had uh, had got the photo there over Let's Talk a Deal, but to everyone's surprise, including the, uh, the on-course commentators, it was declared a dead heat. Uh, now, the stewards have been requested to review the photo post-race. Correct weight was uh, was semaphore and everything like that. But it's now come out that they think Frankie Blue Eyes did win the race and the photo uh, should have gone his way. So he has now been uh, declared the winner of the race. But for the punters, it's just stiff bickies, I suppose. You get half and that's it. Yeah, and the owners of the horse that finished second lose their money. They do. Will there be any, this doesn't happen very often, does it? I mean, no. is there an inquiry going to be held in? I mean, there's already an inquiry that's been held to make the decision that it's not a dead heat, but will there be an inquiry into how the decision was made in the first place that it was a dead heat? No, not at this stage that I can see in that, okay. in that particular article. So the $11,000 winner's check now goes to Frankie Blue Eyes, and Let's Talk a Deal ends up with $3,500. So these things happen, but there you go. Now, we spoke to Jack Bruce earlier on the program, uh, a trainer coming to Brisbane. We've got a jockey uh, from down south coming to Brisbane as well. Yeah, Billy Egan rode at Eagle Farm on Wednesday, and he rode the first winner, uh, Hang 5, for Steve O'Day and Matty Hoisted. Now, he's got some connection there with Matty Hoisted in his time in, uh, in Melbourne. So I think you'll see Billy Egan up here uh, reasonably soon. And he'll be getting plenty of rides. So uh, a lot of a lot of jockeys in that stable. They seem to have everyone on their books, don't they? The uh, the O'Day Hoisted stable. Well, Boris Thornton's doing very nicely out of the O'Day Hoisted stable at the moment. He is. Um, ben Thompson gets plenty of rides for the stable as well. Uh, mm. Bailey, we know. I think it'd be obviously. fair to say. I don't mean to be disrespectful to our friend Steph, but I think Boris is the form Thornton at the moment out of all of them. Well, yes, that's right. He'd be uh, shouting most of the meals at home at the moment, I would think, mm. if they're still Which all... is good because he had that horrible shoulder injury. Nice to see him back. That's right. Uh, your weekend forecast, where would you like to start? Well, let's start tonight at, uh, at Toowoomba because we've got a very important meeting, as we mentioned. Just a couple here each way. Uh, I'm not saying they're good things, but I think if you back them each way, they should run well. Race four is the Daryl Gollan Memorial. Uh, for the two-year-olds, plenty of debutants here. One of them is number one, Fiery Ring, and it's the way I'm suggesting to go. Fiery Ring ran second uh, behind Straight Alphas in a trial at uh, Toowoomba. Uh, I thought the better run came from Fiery Ring. Missed the start, then ran on well, wasn't beaten all that far, and looked to be taking ground off Straight Alphas. So each way, number one in race four, Fiery Ring. Race six, uh, gee, there's a horse here that could probably end up in the follow, fold, or forgive basket, and it'll probably the fold, but we'll give it another chance. Number three, Rapido Gree uh, for Wendy Peel. Now, this horse is always running on at the end of his races, always. Now, he finally gets to 1,600 metres, a distance he hasn't been to in the past. If he gets to the outside and he runs this trip out, he's got a great chance of running them down. So, again, each way, race six, number three, Rapido Gree. So, therefore, Toowoomba tonight. I'll go to Doombin tomorrow. This is a good-looking meeting on paper, but I hate saying that because it tends to bite me when I do. Race 8, number 8, Go Wanji. Uh, we love Go Wanji. He uh, dead-heated first up at Toowoomba three weeks ago. He would have sworn he got the bob in on the line, but the uh, the camera said otherwise. Maybe there'll be an inquiry, Mark, and we'll find out in a few weeks that Go Wanji actually won that race. 
I have no yeah. idea, but uh, we haven't yet. But uh, go Wanji, I think, uh, against that field, up to the slightly longer trip here, looks the one to beat. I think he'll be winning. Race eight, number eight, go Wanji. Uh, race two, number 10, right down the bottom, Knight Mariners had the two runs back from a very long break. Uh, this is perfect for him. I don't think he really appreciated going to the front there at Toowoomba three weeks ago. He was run down late by Dealmaker. He gave plenty, but from gate one here, Ryan Maloney jumps on and you'll find him just off the speed. A little bit of daylight there in the straight, and I think he'll come through and win. So that's race two, number 10, Knight Mariner. How many more do you want? How much more time have I got? Plenty? Oh, about two minutes. So you haven't, you haven't come up with the omen bet of the weekend yet, so I'm waiting to see whether you come up with that. All right. Okay. Well, I don't think this is it. Race three, number five, Tuscany Bound, unless you're jumping on a plane after today's show. Tuscany Bound. Oh, would that be nice? <laughs> two starts this prep for two wins, both at the sunny coast, one on the turf, one on the poly. Very promising. I've liked the look of those wins, especially the turf one. 13.50 metres tomorrow really suits. Uh, you'll get probably $6 or better for Tuscany Bound. Great each way chance. That's race three, number five, Tuscany Bound. Where else will I go? I'll go to race six. Sorry, race number seven. Get the right race here. Race number... I'm looking for the class three. Can someone find the class three? There it is. Race six, number 13, Aidensfield for Desley Forster, Jimmy Byrne. Ran third in a group two, the Tristark at Caulfield. Three starts back behind Colette. Goes around in a class three on the minimum weight. You think it'd be a pretty good bet tomorrow. So race six, number 13, Aidensfield. They should all run very well, Mark. Fingers crossed. And the Omen bet hasn't got a mention. Where is it? What race? Where are we? Doombin? We're in, no, we're in Toowoomba. I did see something there that jumped out and I thought, if there's ever an Omen bet, but I don't remember what race it was. Race one. Yes. Number four. Yeah, Miss Barty. Miss That's Barty. Right. Yes. <laughs> Race one, number four for Angela Jones and Lindsay Hatch. I know it's a short price favourite because I think everyone's well, just yeah. <laughs> just jumping on. It started at 3.20. It's into odds on. But is that not the omen bet of the weekend? Race one, number four at Toowoomba tomorrow tonight, Miss Barty. Has to be. Probably the omen bet either. of the year so far. It, it could well be. We better take a break here on The Punters, mate. We'll come back and we'll finish with a little bit of magic. This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Haven't heard that for a while. It's been a while, hasn't it, Mark? It's probably, probably might have even been last year since we've heard that jingle song. It could well have been. I'm not sure. I can't. I honestly cannot remember since the last time we've had uh, that's magic. So it better be good. Well, I mean, you're a you're not a race caller, but you're a sports caller, and I'm sure that there's sometimes you've looked at names and thought, I really have no idea how to get this name out, and I'm going to make that many mistakes. Mm. I'll never get it right. Well, this particular horse has one of those names. Let's see how the caller in the states went. We're in the home stretch. Now, if you would, repeat after me. Yaka. Yaka. Hicka. Hicka. Mika. Mika. Dola. Dola. Yaka, Hicka, Mika, Dola. That was the name. This was the call. And Hicka, Maka, Rockadakalola. Then there's a gap of three to Dola, Hicka, Maka, Rockadola. And then it's Dicka, Haka, Maka, Rockadola. And the trailer is Dola, Roller, Roller, Rockadaka. Never even got close, did he? 
No, and I have a feeling that it may have been deliberate as well. You think so? You think that one was a bit of a, well, a send-up? Well, no, 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 not a send-up. Just the fact that he is maybe trying to get a point across. The fact that it's hard enough as it is calling races with normal names without you throwing this curveball at me. You try and do it yourself. And if, you know, if you won't change the name, I'll just call it by the wrong name. I don't know. I'm just well, – because I'd hate to be having to call that. Oh, it's a nightmare to call that one. It's just another one of those examples that I've always said, Mark. You have names for horses like that. They never win any good races. Those names, those silly names, <laughs> no. they never win Melbourne Cups and Golden Slippers they and don't. whatever. They just don't. They don't. Nope. They don't. I sit there some days watching the races and I'm thinking, that horse, and no matter where it is, you say, that horse ain't going to win this race no. or um, that horse could win this race because we're in the middle of the back of nowhere um, and that sort of, that name suits a horse that will only get some country meeting a mile away from you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, if you name a horse Cheeseburger, like there's one going around called Cheeseburger, it's not going to win anything decent. It's just just not possible. You're not taking it seriously. Well, having said that, having said that, I'm not a big fan of elephant and rhinoceros either, but they are racing uh, in big races. They went not, around not in the same race, you know, days. at some stage. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. We're just about running out of time, mate. That's it for another weekend, another Friday, I should say. You have a great weekend. Hopefully uh, your tips come to fruition let's hope so and hopefully next week we'll be able to see you in the studio we're back together yeah Yeah. that's all we have time for it's all thanks to racing queensland queensland is racing the action continues this week across the sunshine state visit racingqueensland.com.au have a great week we'll catch you next friday morning on the punters mate